Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about Wreckfest USA, an extraordinary event happening in Nashville on the 13th and 14th of September. Part festival, part conference, Wreckfest is a unique experience, long established in the UK. I've attended most of them, and I highly recommend you experience the incredible combination of content, networking, and celebration of all that's good in talent acquisition. Wreckfest is coming to America, and I've got a mega discount code for you. Go to wreckfest.com USA and use the code RF50 to get 50% off your tickets. That's wreckfest.com USA, and the discount code is RF50. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 519 of the Recruiting Future podcast. I recently hosted a webinar on the future of talent acquisition, and I asked the audience to consider this question. Will there ever be as many recruiters again as there were in August 2022? The arrival of universally available generative AI and a harsh economic climate has caused the perfect storm in our industry. But how much long-term disruption of talent acquisition and potential elimination of recruiting roles could there be? My guest this week is Alin Bailey, a highly experienced talent acquisition leader who previously held a global role at Intel and is now Executive Director of Hiring Success at Smart Recruiters. A couple of weeks ago, Alin put out a challenge on LinkedIn that she was prepared to debate her belief that a major organisation would move to recruiterless recruiting within the next 18 months. Because I consider her to be one of the most innovative thinkers in the industry, I took the opportunity at the recent Unleash America event to learn more about her hypothesis. I also got her thoughts on the future structure of talent acquisition teams and her advice around reskilling and retraining for those at risk of being displaced. Hi, Lynn. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to be here. You know you're my favorite person to talk to. Oh, thank you very much. It's brilliant to be talking face-to-face as well. Um, I, 
right? We never get to do this. Yeah, this is great. absolutely. No, it's fantastic. Um, perhaps we should start with you just introducing yourself and sure. telling everyone what you do. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Lynn Bailey. Um, I currently work for Smart Recruiters. I run all of our um, TA consulting services implementation integration work. Um, previous to that, um, I worked for a large multinational technology company driving TA strategy. Um, and have been in the industry for the last 10 years in various different practitioner roles and, and now on the vendor side of the house um, looking at uh, where we're headed. Um, I suppose b- before we kind of get into the conversation, let's just talk about you know where we are and you know what, what we're doing. And we're, we're still on day one of the event. Um, what have you seen that's interesting? What have you heard that's interesting? How's your day gone? What's kind of really stood out for you? That's a great question. I also had some fabulous conversations um, as I've been here, and, and usually the one-off conversations. Most people who come to these things know you're gonna. It's gonna be kind of those sidebar conversations that you're having. And here's what I'm. Here's what I'm hearing that's intriguing me. I'm hearing people, um, and these are technologists, by the way. This is our business and what we do. Who are still confused about the difference between um, what we were using for AI technology previously and generative AI and how it operates. Um, and so what's interesting is I'm not a specialist at all in those sorts of areas, but I found myself being um, educating in that space more than I thought I would, which was kind of, that was a shocker to me. I guess yeah. I expected that to be a broader known thing. I think it's something we need to all understand better. Um, I've also heard um, really a lot about um, fungibility and flexibility within technology. How do we start to um, put together technology stacks or solutions that can solve the problems of today without binding us into constraints that won't serve us tomorrow. And and what does that look like? Yeah. Right? Because yeah. that's not how that's not how technology stacks have worked previously, right? They very much worked as we're intending this to be rich and complex and, and, and putting all these tentacles into your data systems and et cetera, all for the purpose of being sticky. Right? Mm. We don't mm. want you switching out technology left and right. And Technologists are now starting to hear from practitioners that they need more fungibility and flexibility. So how do you do that? I think that's the question I'm hearing a lot of. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, actually. Maybe something we'll talk about as we yeah. kind of get into the conversation. Um, to, to kind of start off, so it was either yesterday or the day before, I can't remember it was, but you put out something on LinkedIn. You know, you put mm-hmm. out a challenging statement on yep. LinkedIn, um, you know, suggesting that, that people would debate, debate you. And it was all around you know the implication of what we're seeing with technology at the moment and you know everything else that's going on in the market and it was um you know your belief that recruiting could effectively be run with with no people yeah absolutely um and that that would happen very soon talk talk us talk us through yeah so um and i and i'm gonna let me give you the what what drove me to make that statement you feel comfortable doing it um, listen, I, I have been in the technology space for a while, putting technologies into cor- companies and corporations. I know that for a long time, we have had technological solutions for almost every part of the TA or recruiting process. But we've always told this story, um, and I was one of them driving change inside a company, to the recruiters and, and sourcers and teams that I worked with that said, don't worry, technology is not here to replace you, it is here to augment you. You will always need the human touch. Why did we say that? And I and I, I think this is what I really started to ask myself the question, why did we say that? Because we believed it, because we understood that technology, particularly ones that were driven through algorithms and that were doing some of these fancy pieces of, of, of work for us, required us to um, insert the personalization. 
to um, be able to tell it what was good and what wasn't, to be able to serve as basically the human filter from to translate technology world to human world. So there was always going to need to be humans to build relationships, right? Because this is a relationship-driven business. So when I worked um, you know, at Intel for a long time, I was really enamored with this idea, um, and still am, that uh, recruiting is a relationship-based business. Um, that we have been driving it like, like a transaction, um, and it's relational. But it's always been hard to implement a fully relational function because recruiters and sourcers, TA leaders, we still are being held to operational metrics which are transactional. Speed to fill, cost per hire, right? all of these things. What does that mean? It means that even in our best efforts when we know the smarter thing to do, take time to write personalized content, um, reach out at a regular cadence to keep people warm, all those things that allow us to build real pipeline versus rec-based recruiting, really cool stuff requires this depth of relationship. And I wanted recruiters and sourcers to lean into that and to want to start to deliver at that level. Mm, mm. I'm going to be honest with you, we haven't. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, right. we haven't. And, and for a variety of different reasons. Mm. It was hard, we weren't skilled to do it, or we, weren't, we didn't have the enough or the right robust. Now enters generative AI, right? And listen, I was not the first on this ballpark. Right, I, I saw it come out and I was like, okay, this chat GPT thing. I, I was in the early years of natural language processing chatbots before they were cool. I mean, I, I get how complex this stuff is to program. Everybody's getting too excited. It's not gonna be that big a deal. And I had somebody who worked with me, um, his name is Tony DeGraff, and he said, no, 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 you need to just go play with it. And then started sending me actual research articles on how this stuff is built and delivered. And I went down a rabbit hole one weekend <laughs> sitting out of my pool in Arizona reading um, these weird technology research articles on how generative AI is actually learning to train itself yeah. and realize, oh my God, this is fundamentally different. I no longer need humans to make us more human. The AI actually knows how to be more human than the humans do. Oh crap, now I can finally put a full statement out there that says, I, I don't know whether it makes sense to put humans in the mix of it. We are biased. We, um, you know, we are costly, right? Um, we require retraining. We live in an ecosystem where we hire and fire recruiting teams based on the economic circumstances of the world as it is. And um, it's, it is a non-sustaining model. If I know that technology, and I, I would venture anybody to argue with me, that there is a step in the TA process from branding all the way through to assessment and selection that we do not have some sort of technology that can address today. I know it's there. I, so yeah. my assertion was, listen, some, inner, some smart, driven TA or HR or CEO leader in some enterprise is gonna look at this and go, wait a minute, we just laid off a whole bunch of recruiters in this last downturn. Should I be investing in new recruiters as we start to up-level our hiring? Or should I be investing in technology and is there a new way to do this? And who sits down and says, my mandate is a recruiterless recruiting process and gets really close to building an incident. It will take one enterprise to do it and everybody else will follow. And I honestly think that's 18 months at the longest away. Somebody's gonna do it. I was gonna say, how, how long, how long do you think that's gonna take? Fast, this yeah. technology is switching so fast 
the economic conditions. Listen, the world we live in is changing so fast. The way in which people make decisions about how they hire, what their businesses look like. Look how fast we were able to learn. This is why we can make quicker business decisions. We learned how to pivot um, to a remote focused world in literally 48 hours around the world. That's very true. So yeah. you, you tell yeah. me a TA leader can't figure out how to pivot to a recruiterless recruitment stack in 18 months? Easy. Easy peasy. And maybe they'll listen to this. They'll be the f- I tell you what, somebody out there who wants to do it, if you're the first one is interested in doing it, <laughs> I want to talk. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about where you might be able to patchwork that solution together. It won't be won't be elegant at first, right? Yeah. But the first one out the door will be like, you know, and it'll need some people here and there. I'm not saying no, none will exist. But I think my message in there was actually to people I've worked with for over a decade now. Um, recruiters and sourcers and recruitment marketers who deeply care about their work. And I, I'm deeply vested in them being successful. But I also think we have to stop lying to them now. It is now time for us to tell the truth and to say, no, you really do need to reskill. You gotta, you gotta go into a new, start thinking about going into TA ops. Start thinking yeah. about um, becoming somebody who is an expert at strategic systems design. If you are going to hang your hat on being an exceptional bullion string constructor, yeah, your time's over. There is no need. I can I can hear the people listening. Oh, they're <laughs> Some angry of the people at me. Listening, oh, listen, gang, I'm gonna, gang, listen, I'm going to be so blessed. <laughs> people are either going to like hate me, yeah. or they're all sitting there quietly going, "Yeah." Absolutely. So I kind of just to, just to sort of summarize that. So mm-hmm. so effectively. We know the technology is getting good. We know the technology can do lots of, you know, lots of things. If we think about it, there is so much um, that that is automated in our daily lives, and very often I'm quite happy to talk to something that's automated if it's doing it more efficiently and sure. communicating with me better than um, than a human. But but what you what you're saying is we've always had this kind of this kind of mission or this. Um, you know, desire recruiting that this is human based. We're going to have a great candidate experience. We're going to do all these kind of things, but actually, that's not ever achievable because of lots of different factors. Yeah. So let's turn it over to the machines. I that's, mean, is, yeah. that, is that is that a, sum- a good summary of, that's of what exactly you said? What yeah. I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. I'm I'm looking at it honestly, saying, listen, as somebody who's been trying to drive t- TA transformation for over a decade, if we were going to do it, we would have done it. Right? We did not have the will or the desire to figure out how to do it, to equip, to, to fund, to realign ourselves, to think differently, to operate in that model, and the time is over. The machines will now will rule. They'll take over because they're, they can do it. I can, I can actually, you know, years ago we started talking about my fixture of moving away from a sales funnel into an infinity loop framework, right? Which yes. really said managing find the pipeline versus the rack. I can now, I always struggled with being able for that to live inside a TA organization effectively because we were always getting rid of non of redundant resources and, and challenges with, with cost fulfillment, et cetera. If I can now actually execute that, create personalized, robust, prioritized engagement interaction strategies that are valuable to candidates, useful to us in getting information and driving the data cycle that we need to drive, and do it through technology, I, I mean, I can actually make it happen. I can do it now when I couldn't do it with people. I tried. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. 
Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I, also, I think there, there's, there's, there's kind of nuance about this as well, because, you know, what you're saying is like, someone will try this in an imperfect way within 18 months. What you're not saying is there will be no, because this, this will be how some people interpret it. What you're not saying is there will be no recruiters at all this time next year and no. everyone will be doing oh. all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the, even if the technology moves quickly, companies and humans and stakeholders and managers don't. Having conversations with people about how to do job scraping. Okay, so listen, we're, we're yeah. we we are not fast adopters in our world. It's this is not all. Not everything's going to turn over the dial tomorrow. I guess what I'm saying is, it's going to happen. We now have a route to see how it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and we're past the we're past the question mark. Um, of asking, oh, is that real? How fast will that? Is that really relevant? Should I care, etc.? It's now time to wake up to care, to get smart about the technology, understand how it operates, and understand how, if you're in one of these roles, how do you start thinking about what your future is? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that we don't need people who know. To, listen, I love to. I love this business. We need really smart TA. We need smart people who understand recruitment process and what best practices to help us understand how technology should be executed. Yeah. They, these roles will exist, but they will be different. 18 months, we'll start to see the first players out there. Again, they may fail, fall flat on their face and be horrid. Right? I mean, I can talk to you about TA tech stacks that have failed <laughs> humongously over time. We can all yeah. look at them. But those failures always lead to us learning very quickly. And this technology is advancing faster than we have ever seen. Do you think that there is the potential for almost external pushback on this? So um, are candidates potential talent? You know, is, it, is it something that they might not like? Um, and also... I'm thinking in terms of like legislation and, and, and the various things that are happening to, to kind of maybe limit some of the things that AI can do. Do you think, do you think they're, they're factors in this? Yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah. Um, but here's what I'll say. I think the blockers or the hurdles will be mostly in legislation and in our understanding of how um, AI and data gets regulated and how we understand to adapt to it. Yeah. I don't think they'll keep us from it, but we'll have to learn to adapt to it yeah. in all the right ways. Do I think the candidates will be unhappy with this? Nope. I think they think we're <laughs> horrid now. And I think they will be happy for anything that gets us an inkling of a step better to treating them like actual, relevant, interesting, capable human beings who are seen 
and not just pass through like transactional pieces of paper. AI and, and the ability to leverage it in a conversational way to help connect them, it, it just it will increase their experience exponentially. And we know they understand and expect this experience because they're starting to have it on the consumer side. Yeah. This is the other story yeah. I tell people every day with candidates. Candidates didn't wake up one day and become a candidate. They live a whole life outside of the recruiting and hiring process, which delivers a whole set of expectations for how they interact with technology, what their expectations is for responsiveness and execution of technology. So it, in 18 months, they will have experience, and the, they are today, listen, the whatever number we have out there of individuals who are playing around with ChatGPT today, you know what that's doing? That's training them in mental models to think about how they should be expecting Yes, agreed. Yeah, engagement absolutely. and interaction to happen. Yeah. So by the time 18 months rolls around, this isn't a convince them this is something to do. This is an expectation of the world they now live in. And, you know, we're an industry where some employers still ask people to fill in their details three times. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> when, when I mean, they, that's what I'm saying. Job, that's so. what I'm saying. Right. Imagine, yeah. imagine actually using a responsive generative AI-based conversation that allows me to gather information about a candidate from a variety of different places, including themselves, and then go fill out all these stupid forms that we need. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. that solves the problem we have all been facing all this time, getting all of our data to connect together, getting it to talk, to put all of it together so that we can analyze it appropriately. We now have technologies, not just technologies that like technologists can go and play around with, you can go onto your laptop today and start playing around with the basics of this stuff. Anybody can. So to, to pick up, a, to, to, to kind of finish and pick up on a couple of things that, that, mm -hmm. that you talked about, um, you know, get your crystal ball out and, and think about this. So what might a TA team of the future look like? That's a great question. Um, here's what I think. I think a TA team of the future um, is going to include uh one or two individuals who are focused on um, looking at uh, candidate experience and hiring manager experience um, data and using that to translate into designing experience models. Um, I then think it's going to include people who are technologists who can understand how technology can be leveraged and the use cases that can be built. Um, and then you're going to need people who understand data and data management and privacy. So guess what? Recruiting is going to be really rich in compliance and legal people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I'd rather have them inside helping us think about how to do this rather than always when we're, you know, being questioned about our practices. I, I ran a webinar last week about the, you know, the, the road ahead in terms of the future of, in the future of TA. And one of the questions I asked the people listening to kind of ask or to consider was the kind of statement that we'll never have as many recruiters again as we had in August 2022. Now, <laughs> I, I can tell you're nodding at me that that's something that you you, you, you massively agree yeah. with because obviously that, you know, in the context of what we've just been talking about. Um, you kind of mentioned this already, but just to dig in a little bit deeper, what would your advice be to, um, you know, the recruiters of now in terms of what they need to, what they need to learn, what skills they need to have for the future? So if I have a friend who comes to me who's a recruiter or a sorcerer, and um, let's say they're one of the many who become redundant or have become redundant um, in this recent bloodbath 
for recruiters. By the way, we go through these cycles like we talked about. And we all know, usually, those individuals will start freelancing, they'll go find something else, and then they'll wait for the app to come, you know, kind of the, the, come back up again and, and start going and hiring. I would look at them and I would say, use this time wisely. Use this time to get super smart on what is possible in the technology landscape. You need to understand how it operates. You need to be the person that does the geeky things like I did. I'm not, listen, I don't know what I'm doing half the time, but sits down and says, I'm gonna read this research report on how this thing works, um, and then think about what it means for the future. Why do I want them to do that? Because when I say a TA leader is gonna have this concept and wanna put this in place, right? They're going to need people around them who know how to do it. And, and they're gonna trust their recruiters and their sources that they have strong reputations with who they believe understand the process and the design, and they're gonna lean on them. If you are one of those people who can lean into that experience and be part of building this future, you're gonna have, there's, I don't even know what the jobs of the future are going to be, nobody does. I have this conversation with my 16 year old frequently, and I'm like, I don't know what you're gonna, I don't, I don't know if it should be studying algebra or not, just do it, yeah. right? Yeah. I think now what we're saying to people is you can now see what you need to know. Go learn it, get good at it, and be the trusted advisors to get people there, and then see where that takes you next. What I would not do is stick our head in a hole, right, and start saying, oh, no, nah, that's never going to happen. People will always need me. Everybody always says this. This is never what happens. So the, this is not the time to be afraid. It's the time to be bold and get out there and do something cool. Don't be afraid. Afraid is going to get you lost and disappeared very quickly. This is not the technology of 20 years ago. Oh God, no, it's not the technology of three years ago. I am telling you the rapid pace at which this stuff is coming at us. Yeah. Um, I, I um, As somebody who now sits on the side of the house and, and looks at technology, I look every day I'm here at Unleashed talking to new startup businesses every day about what they're doing. It used to be, I come into these and 70% of the people I talk to, I go be like, why are you designing this? There's already something that does that, but okay, fine. And I just kind of, right? And then there'd be like a 10% where you go, that's kind of interesting. I don't know how that works yet. Or they don't really, or then there's a good portion of like, they don't understand the business. That's ridiculous, right? I'm sitting now talking to people at this Unleashed conference, people who are having one-off ideas, interesting, intriguing new concepts for things. And I'm thinking, crap, nobody's done that before. And that solves the problem we've been waiting for and we now have the capability to solve problems we couldn't solve before. If we have people who are not, honestly, a lot of people in this industry are not TA experts, right? Who are coming up with, with answers to problems we've been dealing with for 10 years. You can pretend and, and act like it's not happening or you can get in the game and start saying, hey, I knew that was a problem. Now let's talk about how we can solve it. Ellen, thank you very much for talking to me. I know, thank you, Matt. This was lovely, I appreciate it. Anytime. My thanks to Alin. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. 
Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.